just wanted to say the thoughts that came to your mind, some of the ideas that came to your mind as you were singing that song, Lord is your name, and just things that stirred in your heart. That was part of God speaking to you. Um, and if you wonder about it, maybe come afterwards and come speak uh, to me about it or one of the leaders. But uh, I just felt that the Lord was actually opening up things. Sometimes we, we use the words, the Lord speak to you, and it's, it's actually uh, it, it's limiting in, in it, the definition. It's the Lord communicates to us. He leads us. And, and, and the way we communicate is through pictures, feelings, expressions, all sorts of different ways. And, and so when, when, when we say God speaks to us, we mean He communicates. It's not always, for me, it's very rarely. I think I've once or twice maybe felt that I hear something. I, I sense something. I, I see something in my mind's eye. I, they, and it, it lines up and it gets confirmed and things like that. And that's how God works with us. He leads us. And you know what today is? We, we actually celebrate uh, uh, the day of Pentecost, we celebrate the day that God said, I want everyone to be able to hear, to have visions, to have dreams, to, to be led by the Spirit. It just wasn't good enough that only Jesus walks on the earth. He said, it's better than I go away. And he gave us Holy Spirit as a gift, as a guarantee to say, you can be my child. You can have the right. It's your erfporsi. In a day and age where there's lots of rights and this right and that right, in most of those things you don't actually have a right. But when you receive Jesus, you have the right to be called child of God. He says it by His Spirit. Amen. So Father, we just pray for just that what Paul prayed, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we will know. We will know what who you are, Lord, increasing here. We will know what's that blessing and that gift amongst us, the saints, Lord, how you give yourself in the saints, that we will know the great power, Lord, that is at work in and amongst us, Lord, to your glory. Pray even as Russell and Jenny ministers in our midst, Lord, I pray for just great power, strength, vision, Lord. Just anointing in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Lord. And may we together be blessed this morning, Lord. Mutually blessed and benefited in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Russell, Jenny, we receive you as gifts and blessings to us. Come minister as you feel you need to. Bless you. Thanks, Ron. Morning, everybody. It's good to be here with guys from Paul. And uh, yeah, could we put up um, Psalm 121, verse 1 to 2. Great all the worship songs that have been coming through in a, of a very similar, I feel, nature. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We serve an amazing God. We really do. And uh, this morning, I was, you know, when Peter writes some of his letters, he says, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing to you anything new. Um, you know all this. I'm reminding you. And a lot of what we do, the preaching is not here to, to stir up and tickle your ears, but it's to prepare you for life and godliness. 
And uh, in this life, to journey through, Paul said, you know, we, we've, we've run the race. It's marked out for us with perseverance. And, uh, and also we want to prepare God's people for eternity. So we want to prepare you to go through this life, not just marking time, you know, but to actually go through into heaven with a blaze of glory and firing and have, having lived a life that's been effective and fruitful in this life, having served the Lord Jesus. And I've learned you can only do it in Him, through His grace, His power, which enables us to live lives that glorify Him and, and, and glorify His name. You know, what's going what's gonna to keep us going? Let me press start. Uh, what's going what's gonna to motivate us to go through this life? Well, we can learn from Jesus. He said, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. If you want to put up Hebrews 12, um, 1 and 3. And uh, one, two, three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run this race with perseverance. Run the, with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. And so for the joy set before him, he knew what lay ahead. He knew what he was inheriting. There was such an excitement of a joy in his heart that he could endure the cross. And Isaiah said he's a man of many sorrows, and he had to endure a lot in this life. And, uh, and, but he knew why he was doing it, because the joy set before him, the inheritance that the Father had given him of us. We're his bride. I did a wedding yesterday, and it was so, so much fun doing this wedding. The bride, halfway through, she got so excited. She said, I can't believe I'm getting married. You know, this is, we're too busy doing the ceremony. We haven't finished yet. So I'm getting married. I'm getting married. And, and then afterwards, she's like, Jah, marriage is jumping around. She was so excited that she got married. That she was joyful to, you know. And there was, and there's a joy that God set before us that, that we can go through and power through in this life. Will you have hardship? Well, you will, because in John. 1633, Jesus warned us that in this life, do you want to put that up? Um, are you still on Hebrews? You can put up John 1633. You know, Jesus did warn us in this life there will be many hardships, but take heart. I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And we're living in troubled times. I think the world's always been in troubled times. There's always been danger. Um, you know, in the 1800s in America, uh, if you managed to get to the age of 20, you could expect to live another 17 years. 37. So anybody's over 37 here, uh, you're doing well compared to a time in America. And uh, we have such an expectancy. You know, the Queen's just, and England's just turned 96, I think it is. And uh, her you know, husband, Philip, he died the other day at 99. And uh, so there's people have an expectancy, oh, I'm just going to live. And even as Christians, we can sometimes get settled into this life. And we, we don't actually scope ahead and say, Lord, I'm getting ready for actually eternity. There's more. But wait, there's more. You know, there's the advertising. And, uh, but there's so much more. This life is not it. This life is temporary. And uh, there will be trouble in this life. There's going to be things that we have to endure. And, I, and I'm standing here as a, as a, I'm now a pastor, uh, Jean Villain, and he knows me from work days. We used to work together in Durban, then we worked together in Cape Town. Um, 
and uh, apparently I got him down here to the Cape. He got him his job here in, in Paul, and he used to, I used to go and visit him when I was still the factory manager of the company we worked for. Um, but I've been in ministry over 20 years now, and um, I just realized our job is to prepare, prepare God's people for what, to do life well in this life. Not to, not a bless me club, but Lord, how can I live a life that will glorify your name and will shine in darkness and be those who hold the light all the way to the end? Because I've been a Christian now since 1980, Jenny, my wife, since 1975, and we've seen so many people, you know, come and go over the years and not run the race marked out for them. And my burning passion, which is only, I can imagine, comes from heaven, comes from Jesus, is to see God's people go all the way to the end, strong in Him, burning in Him, not backsliding and not going back into the world, not loving the things of this world, but loving the things of, king, of kingdom and of building Jesus' kingdom. In the First World War, 1914 to 1918, it was said that the British Army did very well. It was one of the best armies, but that they got there by learning a hard lesson. They came and fought in South Africa in 1899 to 1902. As many of you guys would know, it's a part of our South African history. Uh, my, my grandparents were Scottish. And, uh, so, but South, Afri South African history tells you, was a, they called it the Anglo-Boer War. And the British, when they came here, got a hiding. They did. Um, they, they got smack silly. Because, number one, 50% of them were so unfit they couldn't even fight. They imagine these little scrawny English folks coming out from England. And they were up against tough people who had lived off the land and who could shoot. And number two, they couldn't shoot. They were only given a few bullets every year to actually train to shoot. So the, the Boer army took them out, left, right, and center. And because uh, they, were, they were accurate, they'd shot a lot, they, were, they knew what to do. So the British took a lesson from that. said, well, you know, we got such a hiding. What can we do for the future to rebuild our army? And likewise, as, as children of the light and of children of the kingdom, we've got to learn from the lessons that we go through in order for us to do better into the future. And so we, you're going to go through life. There's going to be some tough things that are going to come your way. But it's how you handle them that counts in God. It's how you take those things and live for Him. We, we met a man last weekend in Johannesburg. We were ministering up there. And um, quite a difficult story to hear. I was just telling some of the guys before the meeting. Um, he had four children, and uh, he's in his 40s now, this man, and his first child was run over at the age of five by a, a, a rubbish truck, um, and his third child drowned in the bath at 14 months, um, still alive. The child was seven. I saw, it, saw the boy in the room, and, and he's on ventilators, and he's, he's seven now. He, for 14 months he's been of age, he drowned, and he's in this room now for so long. But the first child, when he died, this man said, that the Lord spoke to him, and he gave his heart to Jesus 21 days afterwards. He said, a life for a life. I got your attention, but to get you to come to me. This, these guys are shining for Jesus now. You think this is a tragic story. It is. But that little boy, five years old, is with the Lord Jesus for eternity now. He'll never grow old. He'll have to experience the things of this life. Um, was it sore? Was it painful? Of course. But they made a decision when they gave their lives to Jesus as parents that they will not blame each other, but they will serve the Lord all the way. And they are shining for Jesus now, going for Jesus. But it was a painful experience. And now the second child, but still they're holding firm. And they're saying, we're still going to love the Lord Jesus through all this. They've got two other children, a little two-and-a-half-year-old, I think, and a, about an 11-year-old. Um, but are these tough things? Of course they are. 
How do you go through something like that? I have no idea, but it's the grace of God that will carry you through and bring you through in these times. And God is with you through every single situation to bring us into more. Um, and He's with us, standing with us, enabling us to go through this life that we can actually live lives that glorify Him in the midst of difficulty. And that's the thing we've got to hold on to, this amazing God, that we can praise Him even in the midst of a storm. We sang that. In a storm, the first song I think it was, that we'll lift Him up in the midst of a storm. And you're going to get storms. So I want to prepare God's people for battle. That's one of my passions in, in this life, is to prepare God's people for battle. Because too many Christians are so soft, and if we teach the wrong doctrines, that's why theology and doctrine is so important. What is your understanding of God? What is your understanding of a heavenly Father? Because when things go wrong, people say, well, where was God? No, He was right there. He was there all the time. But we've got such an idea of how God should work and what He should do, that this life is all that He's focused on. No, this life, is, a, is He said, this world's been given over to the devil for a season. We've got an enemy who only wants to destroy and rob from God's people, and even not God's people. He's just a destroyer. He's, he's, we are up against an enemy, and we've got to learn. We've got to be trained in, in battle and how to fight against him and know that the war has actually been won already. Jesus won it at the cross. He broke the power of the enemy at the cross. But in this life, we will have some battles to fight, and we can overcome even in those battles. I was in the military for four years, and I, I was in operational areas, they called it. And I saw some battles that we had to fight. And uh, war is not pleasant, by the way. It's not like the movies, the real war. And, uh, but the real war actually is the spiritual war. That's the real war. There's a fight for, you know, when I, I counsel um, pastor people and disciple people, I always tell them that there's a fight for your soul. The devil wants to rob you. First, he wants to stop people even from seeing Jesus. He keeps a veil over their eyes. Um, that they can't see Jesus. We need to pray that that veil be lifted, that Jesus can speak into their life, and, and they can come to salvation. I only got born again at the age of 21. Um, I thought, you know, I grew up in a, a so-called Christian country, and, um, and I thought uh, I was a Christian. You know, when, when I went to the military, they said, well, what religion are you? I said, no, Christian. Well, what denomination are you? I said, I don't know. Uh, I left to phone home. I said, phone my mother. I said, what am I? She said, no, you're an Anglican. I said, okay. But that didn't last long because all the Methodist church had biscuits in, with their tea. So I joined the Methodists. Um, and then I got born again later and saved. But I suddenly saw I didn't need God. I wasn't desperate. Life was actually quite good. And, but God just lifted the veil and I saw him. And I fell in love with this king, uh, this amazing God. And my life turned around. I tried to get drunk the day after I got born again. And I got sick instead. And I didn't drink again after that. Uh, that's my conviction, not anybody else's. Um, and so it's, a, it's amazing how God just turned your life around from the inside. And I said, and I, I went to the local Christian bookshop. I sold my motorbike, my car, everything. I wanted to go to Bible college. And I, I left the Air Force and I went to the Bible college. And, uh, and I studied there for a year. And I, I went to the local uh, bookshop, Christian bookshop. I bought all the books, Christian, uh, Hebrew, and Greek. And I didn't know what I was buying, but I, just bought, I was so hungry for God. There was such a, a change in my life, you know. The swearing stopped overnight because God just told me and just cleansed me from the inside. And that's, the devil wants to rob people of that joy, of knowing him. And I've known him since 1980, and I've walked with him and followed him. And has life been difficult? It has. Business years, when I came to Cape Town, something 97, I think it was, 
We'd lost everything. We had no house. We had business. Things had gone wrong with my family. And long story, but we came with nothing to Cape Town to restart in our life, having had my own business. And God just, well, he, we didn't come with, you know, we don't make any demands on God. He's my provider. And he's amazing how he brought us through so much. Um, but then God wants to rob us some of, our, of our fruitfulness in this life. He doesn't want us just to come here on Sundays and sing songs and just hear a message, go home, and maybe Wednesday night, you know. There was a famous American singer. He died in a plane crash, quite young. Um, Phil, not Phil Kiki, the other one. Uh, to, to a, Keith Green. Um, he sang a song, you know, to obey is better than sacrifice. I want more than Sunday and Wednesday night. And if you can't give me everything, then don't bother coming at all. Because Jesus came to give us his all. He came to die for us. He came to die for this bride. I didn't die for you. None of us died for you. Jesus died for you. And he came to give you life and life in abundance. And that's a spiritual life he's talking about, where your, life, your spirit is renewed and born again of the Lord Jesus that you would live a life for Him, a holy life. You're a holy people, a royal priesthood called out to live for this Jesus. Lift up your eyes this morning, church. Lift up your eyes. God's calling you to so much more. Do not allow the enemy to rob you and defeat you. And sometimes things that don't look like they're dangerous, but they are, of your heart. When I did this wedding yesterday, I'm a marriage officer, so I can do the legal side. But when they did their vows to each other, I said, that was the wedding. That was the wedding, when they spoke to each other from the heart. They didn't read it, they just spoke. I promise to do, I'll serve you and love you and care for you. And it's just amazing how they spoke. And I said to the people at the wedding, that was the wedding. That is what just took place. They made a covenant together that they're going to do life in this life together. And Jesus just made a covenant with us. I love the Afrikaans word, verbond. It's very binding. It's something that our hearts are given to and they belong to Him. So that when we when anything happens in this life of whatever, we will keep our eyes on Jesus and follow him all the way to the right, to the very end. Um, you can put that scripture up, that one you asked me about, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. We're going to go actually right through to uh, that five part. Um, remember the joy that's set before you. Remember that joy. So 2 Corinthians 4, 16. I'm going to read here. I hope it lines up there. I hope we've got, we got these two different versions of the NRV, but we'll go for it. Uh, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because we are clothed, when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be un unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 
Is that as far as I went? Great. Thank you. Hope we kept up there. Um, but, the, you know, the, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. We don't lose heart. So, in 10 years' time, will you all be serving Jesus? 20 years' time, will you all still be passionate for Jesus and still going strong? I've got that Hillsong DVD um, from about 20 years ago, I think it was, One Way Jesus. And remember that song, that, that DVD, the older guys. And all, they're all young folk there, bouncing around and jumping. And I think, you know, what about all the gray-haired toppies? You know, where are they? Um, what if we had a one-way Jesus concert now and worship the Lord? But all, what if, and just, you had to be over 50 to go to it. Would we fill, will the, the same guys from 20 years ago, will they still be here? Jumping one way, Jesus. Because that's what we're aiming for. Set your eyes on Jesus this morning. Lock on to him. Lock on to him. There was a, when I was, yeah, when I was in the Air Force, we had these, uh, well, I saw one plane come back to the air base. Uh, it had been hit by a, a surface-to-air missile. And uh, surface-to-air missiles lock on to heat. So they went in for a dive, dropped their bombs, came out, and they fired a surface-to-air missile at the SAM-7 at this mirage. And it, it went for him, and the other pilots saw it, the wingman saw it taking place. He said, go, you know, head for the sun. They went for the sun, everything. They didn't have chaff in those days to shoot out. And uh, it still hit him. Hit him on the outside of the jet pipe. Blew away the, the drag chute when they land. They've got a, a drag chute. But that thing locked onto him. And he battled to get, he couldn't shake it. You've seen all the movies. I think there's a Top Gun movie come out. I haven't even seen the first one yet. Um, but I think they would have that type of scene in that type of movie where you get the heat-seeking missile lock on. And it won't let go. And likewise, we have to lock on to Jesus. When we, when we come to him, that we would lock on to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm not letting go of you. I've never, under, I've never been able to comprehend backsliding. That's an old-fashioned term, eh? I don't know what to use in Afrikaans. What's it in Afrikaans? Backsliding. Uh, going back, going... Sorry? Use backsliding. Okay, Alana. Alana's used to Josh Jen Afrikaans. Um, but, you know, when you fall away, I've... You know, I've fallen. Fala. That one, yeah. Uh, I took Rulof to Namibia once. Remember, we went up years ago, and they loved Rulof. Save Afrikaans, you know. They said he speaks save Afrikaans. But we don't, once you've tasted Jesus, like the disciples said, you know, when Jesus preached a hard message and said all the thousands fell away, the ones that had been doing the miracles for, the ones that had seen miracles. Because people often say, no, if we saw more power, more miracles today, people would come flocking into the kingdom. What we see there, they came just for the miracles. But then when the, when the rubber hit the road, they disappeared. And he said, what about you to his disciples? Do you want to leave as well? And they said, where do we go? You've got the words of truth, the words of life. And likewise, this morning, where do we go, people of God? Church, where do we go? I pray that every one of you has tasted of the Lord Jesus to such an extent that said, Lord, I can never leave you, no matter what happens. I'll you see, you've got to decide up front how you're going to react and behave when the trouble comes. You can't wait till it happens. It's too late. And I've seen people, too late, they, now, now what do I believe about God? This dramatic thing has happened in my life. Now where do I stand? Let me go search the scriptures. No, you've got to be ready beforehand. You've got to be standing prepared in advance. So when the tough times come, you will go through them. This jacket I'm wearing here, it's bright red, as you can see. I've got two. I was given two last two weeks ago. Um, I've got two spiritual uh, grandchildren. Uh, their father, Monet van Amerva, 
He was also a rugby player like Fritz. Um, he played for the Stormers. He played at Joni Lamu in the equivalent of the Curry Cup in Wellington, and they won uh, the first time that team had won, I think, in many years. Mone van was not as tall as Fritz, <laughs> but Fritz is scroll compared to Mone. He was 1,8 by 1,8. Um, <laughs> grizzly bears were jealous of the size of his hands. Um, he was a powerful man, 150 kilograms. Uh, he was an elder in Josh and the young, older guys will remember. And uh, he, was, he oversaw all the worship in Josh Jen. Amazing guitar player. How he played with the sausages, fingers, we don't know. But um, godly man. He was on team with me, and I was leading the Table View congregation. Now, you guys are still there those years. 20, 2010, he, got, he was age of 37. His boys were six and four at the time. And uh, I'll come back to the jacket. Well, it's part of the story, I suppose. But uh, at the age of 37, yeah, his boys were six and four. He got a discovered a brain tumor, and they operated. And I remember we prayed for him. And uh, I don't know if you guys were there. You probably were at Tableview. We prayed, and that hall was full in Tableview. And I can remember saying, guys, we're fighting for Monet's life. This is 2010. But if we lose this battle, tomorrow we stand here for the next person. We don't give up. The words of Winston Churchill in the Second World War, you know, we'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them in the streets. We will never surrender. Never surrender. Never surrender your faith. Never surrender what God has done in you. We fought for Monet for two years. He died in 2013. Um, and when he died, before he died, I stood at his bed. I said, Monet, I could see he was fighting to stay alive because, I mean, most of us wouldn't have made it that long, I can tell you now. But because you're so strong, he made it for those two years. I said, Monet, you can go to be with the Lord Jesus now. We will, we will raise your boys for you. We'll be there for them. You've got to know that, Monet. You know, this is real. This is family, you see. It's okay to sing. I sing hallelujah. But when, it's, when, when people are in battle, when these, we're at battle, we're at war. And we were robbed of Monet. But we'll fight for the next guy and the next guy and the next lady. And we will keep fighting because we're at war against a vicious enemy. But it's not about staying alive in this life. It's about staying alive spiritually for that life. We've got to stay alive, folks, and live for Jesus. It's easy to die, but it's harder to live sometimes. And to, but you need to die to self that you might live and glorify him with your life. Mona's life, well, so many people were touched by it, you know. So many. So, yeah, we were there two weeks ago about the jackets. Yeah. Do you want to know the end of the story? Okay. Uh, so his boys, now there's biggest Fritz today. They're 15 and 17. They're up here. Um, and we, we were about to go away, and I, I didn't have a jacket to wear for the cold we were, place we were going. And so I said, we, Jenny and I were visiting his wife, who's married, and has another baby now, and uh, the boys are there. And um, so I said, we have to go early. We, you know, we had coffee with them to go buy me a jacket before we going to this cold place. So she said, no, wait a minute. The boys have got two jackets. They've never worn them because they're too small. Um, <laughs> But you can have them. So I've got two jackets now. And uh, you can imagine, 15-year-old, this is too small for him. Um, that's the story of the jackets. Oh, we, we Lift up your eyes, church. Lift up your eyes to Jesus. You know, this life is soon over. So soon. So soon we'll be with him for gl in glory. A good friend of mine, uh, I'm gonna we'll use all, 
heavy stories, but they point to Jesus. Um, a good friend of mine spent his first day in eternity this time last week. I baptized him in 1981, and um, our boys grew up together. My oldest boy is 39 now. They went to each other's first birthday parties, but he served Jesus, and he's now experiencing glory. Mona is experiencing Jesus right now. Money doesn't care, care about what's the temperature tomorrow, what's the stock market like, what's the interest rate, what the price of petrol is at the moment. In the old days, we used to say, you know, we knew a rich person had an expensive car. Now we say we know someone who can drive to Johannesburg, you know. Um, <laughs> but they don't care. These things, the cares and the worries of this life. And that's one of the things the Bible says will chokes the life of God out of us the cares and the worries of this life. So if you've got cares and worries, and, and I know I had my own business, I was in the corporate world, we worked, we owned, the company was owned by Total, the French Petroleum Company originally. Um, there's, there's troubles in this world, but take heart, he's overcome. And we can overcome as well, we can live in a place of victory, um, really knowing the Lord Jesus. And then, two, do you want to put 2 Corinthians 12? 10, please. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And we've got to learn sometimes to be in a weak place and accept that weak place. And that in that weak place, you are actually strong. Um, yeah, my, my, a year and a half ago, I wasn't going to share this story, but during worship, I thought... Oh, you know, I paid a heavy price for this story, I might as well share it. Um, <laughs> but a year and a half ago, um, I, through the beta wave of COVID, uh, I got uh, COVID. And um, yeah, it was, I, I was in a bad place. And I'd never taken more than a panado a year. And uh, suddenly I found myself extremely, well, I've lost a lot of muscle even to today. And uh, yeah, Jenny had to get me to hospital. It's a long story how I got in there. Uh, she pushed me in a chair on wheels down the passage to get me to the car. And uh, the hospitals were all full, but through my daughter-in-law's mother, who worked in the hospital, she asked the professor if he could make up space. He put me in the doorway between two women in the, in the ICU. Um, they said, when I arrived there, they say, welcome to the COVID ward. You're either going home to be with Jesus, or you might go home to your family. So they said, That's, thank you. You must have not uh, done the comfort courses on the nursing class. Um, <laughs> But thankfully, I'm strong in the Lord, and I went in strong in God, and I've still come out even stronger in the Lord Jesus. Weak in body, I'm weak in myself right now, um, and, uh, but I learned in that place to really be dependent on the Lord Jesus. Um, and it was wonderful. So now, I'm thankful for that experience. It was brutal, to be honest. Um, you know, when the people, not both, other side of you, they both die, and uh, everyone's in a coma. It's not a pleasant place uh, to be. And, uh, but I learned there where I stood with God. I said, Lord, I'm, I, you know, I tried to say goodbye to my family. I had my phone, but I didn't have the strength to do that. So I said, well, Lord, how do I stand with you? Am I ready to come and be in your presence right now? And I've always lived a life of short accounts with God. If anything happens, anger, bitterness, people have done things to me. Uh, I've had my life threatened on many occasions over the years and all sorts of stuff and being done out of finance and losing the, my house, paid off house because of other people. All these things can get bitterness in you, you know. And but Lord, I just forgive. I forgive all the time. And Lord, I don't want to live in that place of anger or bitterness. I want to live in a place that's close to you. You forgave me such a great sin. 
I want to know that I, I can forgive as well and walk in forgiveness. And so I said, Lord, am I ready to come be with you? And I felt at peace with God. And so then I turned my focus on praying for the people around me, but not for their physical well-being, but for their spiritual well-being. Because they were in comas, and I know many stories where people have experienced God and got born again in that place. And so I said, Lord, I pray for their souls. I pray for the people working here, for all the people in this ward. I just lifted my arms up with all those tubes and pipes and stuff and said, Lord, I worship you in this place. Um, and the medical staff did great. They really did. But, you know, my spiritual grandson who gave me this jacket um, or forfeited this jacket to me, uh, he phoned afterwards, he was phoning me, and he said, Uncle Russell, I just beg God for your life. And some people say you shouldn't beg God, whatever, but he did. And months later, I felt I had a revelation. I said, Josh, I think I phoned him. I said, I feel the Lord saying that your prayers have brought me through. Why, well, I'm still alive today. I wasn't begging for my life, by the way. I was quite happy to go be with the Lord Jesus. You know, Paul even said that the apostle, he said, I'd rather go be with the Lord, but for your sake I stay. Um, so I, I was sort of in that state of mind. I don't mind going to be with the Lord right now. This would be fantastic. Um, so, so I said, Josh, I think your prayers, God heard them. I want to encourage you. In eternity, I'll find out if I heard God correctly. But I think I want to encourage you, my boy, that you prayed, you begged, you petitioned for my life. And here I am. You know, God's still using us and we're carrying on. So we've got to learn from these things. If you don't learn, you could say, why me? You know, why did that have to happen to me? And what about him? And how come they didn't? Jenny didn't get any COVID. I mean, she's in my face and she's never had COVID in her life. Um, you know, how come she gets away with it and I've got to, you know, <laughs> favoritism. The Lord has no favorites, sir. So God is good in these things, you know. Two weeks ago, I was diagnosed. I've got cancer. I've got to go for an operation and 23rd of June, I think it is. Um, but uh, you know what? My, my life's in God's hands. And all of us, we're here to serve Him and flat out right to the end. Uh, I love Wilma Ray. Served Jesus all the way to the end. Flat out. He didn't give up. One, one minute. I met with Him right just two weeks before. Uh, he went overseas and he passed away in, in, in overseas. And I said, Lord, Will, just speak into my life. You know, anything I can learn from you. And what can, what can you say? And I'd, we had a good conversation in that time of just talking about being prepared and being ready to go to be with the Lord Jesus. So, where do we land with this? Um, pardon? What did Will say? Ah, mach nie sehr nie. They said I mustn't be so serious. Uh, <laughs> So don't take myself so seriously. Okay, that was it, yeah. <laughs> God is good, folks. He really is. He will keep you. The Bible says He will never leave nor forsake you. He will carry you all the way to the end. And there's younger folk here. There's older folk. And when you're young, you feel invincible. You know, it happens to other people. It catches up with all of us. We all have a, today is my turn to be the age that I'm at. It's your turn right now to be the age that you're at. But one day you'll be some other age. And there'll be others but will you still be here serving the Lord Jesus? You know, Paul needs this church. Every born-again church in this town is necessary to reach Paul and beyond South Africa and the world. We're called to live outside of just my job, my career, uh, my family. And that's become an idol these days, families and sport. And there's good sports. You know, there's cycling and stuff like that, which is healthy and good. But once they become a god and they, they take up more of our time and our e efforts... Um, these things can actually rob us of the life of God 
in our lives. So lift up your eyes this morning. Lift up your eyes. Where does your help come from? And maybe we can pray for some of us this, right now. Um, those who've been struggling, God may not take you out of your circumstance, but He may He will lead you through it, and He'll be there for you all the way through it. Because um, often our prayers, you know, Lord, just fix the problem, make it all go away, uh, change my circumstances. Um, you know, so um, there's one business guy in Australia. Uh, he used to use his business as an evangelical tool. And uh, if people got born again, he'd employ them. They got born again, he'd fire them. Because um, he said, you know, I've served the purpose now. You've got born again. Now take what you've got and go and take it to another company, another business. He was a big picture, maybe a bit extreme, but, you know, um, <laughs> may not fit into all the labor laws. But, uh, but he's, you can catch his heart, you know. And I, sometimes I also struggle when people tell me, you know, I work for a Christian company. Everybody's Christians. So I think, well, that's not so good. And I, I love being part of Coach Brothers, the company we worked for. It's a place where I could take, bring light. I, I'm, God's put his light in me. I'm salt and light. And I want to take what God's given me and take it to a lost and dying world. That's the object. That's the purpose of my life, is to be here to serve the Lord Jesus. So let's stand. If you're going through stuff right now and it's hard to focus on on serving Jesus, and it's hard to keep your mind still sometimes. I've been there so many times in my life. Your mind is just racing, you know, how am I going to afford the bills tomorrow? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It's very much the realities of this life. Maybe God wants to come and distill your heart right now and say, where does your help come from? Maybe things won't always work out the way that you think they'll work out, but God's got a plan. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And that is first and foremost, that he would draw you close to him. And sometimes he'll use situations that you would run to him and not from him. Many of us are parents here. One of the hardest things is, is when I've met with guys and their, their children don't come to them for help, but they go somewhere else. They go maybe to a substance or another, uh, something else to calm them down and be there. And the Lord Jesus is a jealous God. He's, this is his bride, and he wants us to run to him and say, Lord, help me. In the midst of a storm, Lord, how am I going to come through? God says, I'll comfort you. I'll bring you through. And you will be okay. I remember going to see a lady about this time last year. She had cancer and she had a two-year-old. And I felt the Lord say, go and tell her it's going to be okay. You can let go. And she was hanging on also, the fact that she's got a little girl. And she said, but I've had prophetic words. I'd have more children. I said, I don't understand. I can't. But let us know that God will be with you. He'll bring you through. She did die two weeks later. And God will bring us through every storm and glorify him in every storm. Because this world is not it. The future world. The world to come. The new world that he's going to bring and create. Heaven, new heaven, new earth. Will be what our focus is all about. And when we are there. This, even if we, maybe we don't even care. But we'll, this world will make more sense. But right now, the, the biggest thing that you can do is to focus on him. And give your heart to him. Say, Lord, here am I. Despite my circumstances, despite anything that comes my way, I will serve you. I will serve you, God. You come and take your place in my heart right now. And that I give my heart totally to you. That if I was to have to come into glory at this moment, that I'd be ready for that, that time to see you face to face. 
Let God just speak into your heart right now. Just calm your minds down, calm your emotions down, and let Him come and reign and rule in your heart right now. For I pray for us as a people, Lord, that as your precious people, your beautiful bride, your holy ones, your called out ones, that we would come and lay our hearts afresh at your feet this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, we're yours. We belong to you. Take all of us, Lord. Pray that. Speak it out in your, right now. Say, Lord, take all of me. All of me, God. But mean it, eh? Mean it. Say it from your heart. If you're not able to do that, then maybe ask yourself why. Why can't I get my heart over? Is there something that's blocking? Something I haven't let go? And if it, God will bring it to your understanding right now, you need to let it go and lay it at His feet. Lay it at His feet. To you, Jesus. To you. This life belongs to you. I pray that every life here, Father, will be so in love with you this morning. Every heart will be totally dedicated to you. I feel the Lord wants to heal some people. Some of you have been disappointed in, in church, in God. Things didn't work out the way you'd expected. I know I've been there. I've had to readjust sometimes my understanding of truth. Lord, that didn't match my understanding of truth. And go back to His Word and find out what He's saying. And adjust in my heart. God never makes mistakes. He's a good God. Good God. Through all these stories I've told, I know some of them sound quite heavy and Wow, you're not, but God is still a good God. He's still on the throne. We're still, the enemy is still defeated. God is still reigning and ruling. But does He reign and rule in your heart, in your emotions, in your thoughts, and in your mind this morning? Give over to Him right now. Give over to Him. It's a surrender. Take all of me, God. And don't be scared to do that. You may think, but if I do that, what, what if... Trust God. Trust Him. He's good. He's... Don't let the enemy lie to you that He's not good. He's not kind. He's not generous. He's not loving. That's how the devil worked. The first temptation was he just doubted, just caused doubt in people's minds, Adam and Eve, about the goodness of God. Be restored this morning. Be healed in your hearts and in your minds so that you can serve Him into eternity. Do it now. Surrender your hearts. There was a scripture I was going to read, but I'll just quote it. It says, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Make sure that you are in the faith this, this morning, that you really know the Lord Jesus, that you are born again. There's not different types of Christians, born again and other types the Bible says there's only one type of Christian, and that's who's been born again. Born again means to surrender yourself to Jesus. Say, Lord, I belong to you. You died for my sins, that I might live. It's amazing how many times people can be part of a church like this and not actually be born again. They just learn how to fit in. Are you born again this morning, totally surrendered? Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Jesus, name above all names. Jesus, name above all names.
What a good God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Powerful God we serve. Wonderful Lord. this uh, atmosphere, I just want to hear, are there any of you that, some of you are in need of physical healing? As jy fysische geneesing nodig het, uh, Russell het nou hier verwijs na, hy is gediagnoseer met kanker, ek wil graag dat het is vir hom bid, maar enig iemand anders te wat een kwaal een ding het, wat, wat die aanraking van die Heere nodig het, vir geneesing. Jy het ook net jou hand opsteek, ok. Kijk, ga so om jou, as jy iemand met die hand opsien, Sit net your hand up on the scours. Just place your hand on their shoulders. If there's a person next to you putting up their hands, just keep your hands up. Let's just lay hands on their shoulders or the back. Let's just trust God for healing, physical healing. So, Father, we just want to thank you. We trust you for healing, Lord. 
in the name of Jesus. These bodies, we pray that you will touch, Lord. Touch the bodies. Quicken their mortal bodies, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just uh, come against any spirit of infirmity, in particular where spirits are involved here in the name of Jesus Christ. We command you to go. Spirits of infirmity, let go of these bodies. Let go of these minds in specific. Where there are headaches, in the name of Jesus, we command you to go. To go. Thank you, Lord. Your help, our help, comes from you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You are our helper. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our helper, counselor. And I pray for every heart, every mind, Lord, as we just uh, came before you. Thank you for your help, Lord, and your healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you still need to just respond to the Lord, maybe just be before him. The worship team is going to continue uh, for a while still and uh, just uh, yeah, mean business with God. You need to really surrender. You might need a friend to pray with you. Just pull somebody closer and say pray with me. Um, for the rest of you, have a great week. Carry that light into the workplace and be a blessing. Thank you so much, Russell and Jenny, for being with us. Uh, Russell, I want to say, I mean, it was just a blessing for me to see you shining or burning brighter. Really, that's the testimony for me. It's just coming brighter and brighter. It's exciting. So bless you all. Have a great day.
Oh, the.